1: right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. mintmobile.com
0: slash switch.
1: Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG.
0: Well, welcome to episode 99 of Coach Unplugged. I cannot believe that we have done... Ninety-nine episodes. Um, just a couple things I want to point out. Episode one hundred is coming up. I'm going to have some special giveaways for for episode hundred, and I think I'm going to be giving away. I Get a hold of this. I think I'm going to be giving away um, a six month subscription to TeachHoops.com on episode uh, one hundred. So you're going to have to listen to find out how that goes and we have a couple maybe other little tidbits we're, to, we're still figuring that out. Um, so episode 100 is going to be a big one. Make sure you listen to that one. That's going to be a, a limited time thing there. Uh, so that's the first thing. Second thing is we're today we're going to be talking to coach Dermot Russell from Ireland. He um, this is uh, this was our second go at it. Um, I think we did in the spring initially and then it's the first it's the first, pod, first podcast that we've taped that we've had some audio issues. Um, so we did it. It was a great episode, which is going to tick everybody off. But it was. It was a great episode. And when I go back and I try to clean up some stuff and put in, do, do the kind of the post editing, uh, it sounded like it, it was <laughs> it was so horrible. So Coach was good enough to come back on. Um, and now we're getting to get up there. You know, he's the chief executive officer. He's a sports agent for FIBA uh FIBA is it FIBA I think it's fiBA anyway um he's uh he's a certified uh agent but he runs the North Atlantic basketball academy in in Ireland um it's really cool it was a great discussion it's on my bucket list i'm trying to trying to convince him to have me come over to Ireland so I can run it through <laughs> run it through my business and uh, bring the family um, it's definitely Ireland and And the UK is definitely on our our bucket list, our family bucket list. So um, it's a great episode. Uh, Make sure you check it out. Uh, Last weekend was about practice planning, you know, mapping out the season. Uh, I had a little lesson. I had kind of a generic outline of how to kind of practice plan, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm going to put that in the show notes again if anybody's interested in that free giveaway um so that so that's before i put all coaches all coaches information down below in the show notes you might need to get a hold of them um but if you're looking for that free giveaway that's down there below too um and then the last thing is teachoops.com. make sure you go check it out i know we're all revving up i can't imagine a better time to join ttroop's um if you're looking for a mentor if you're looking for someone um it's something like i've said a thousand times something i started something i would have wanted you know as a young coach as know, taking my first job as a ninth ninth grade basketball coach, I would have loved this. I would have loved the resources. I would have loved everything that kind of comes along with it. So go over and check it out, www.teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. All right, here's Coach Russell. And hopefully I'm there too. Bye-bye coach unplugged is brought to you by great people over at teach com for coaches who want to get better from the fifth quarter studios in madison wisconsin you're listening to coach unplugged here is your host steve collins all right well welcome to coach unplugged so i'm going to start out this episode with an apology to coach russell I, <laughs> so, for, for all of you that are listening, don't know that we, we probably did this, I don't know, what do you think, Coach, six weeks ago? Maybe five or six weeks ago. Yeah, it was about,
1: it was about that. It and was about
0: uh, it, was a, it was great, I'm telling you. And this is going to make people mad. but And this one's going to be very good, too. But it was a really good podcast. So, then I get back. And what I do is I usually go back, I edit, I figure out what, you know, I, I, you know, I clean up some of the audio, I put an intro in, those kind of things. <laughs> Anybody that's never done a podcast knows that. So I get there, and it literally sounds like it's a rainstorm. It's horrible. So then it was some mic problem. So I, I am so sorry, Coach, that you're having to do this a second time. Um, that's, that's no worries.
1: It's always good to
0: see you. <laughs> I totally apologize. Um, so what we're going to do is we'll do sim- we'll start the similar we did last time. I'm going to have you introduce to everybody because I think you're a little bit unique, especially for all the listeners in the U.S., so, kind of introduce yourself, tell about your journey and um, you know where you are, because I obviously know all the answers to this already, and then um, we'll we'll delve into that and then we'll do some of the basketball questions and then the the the, the rapid fire should be easier for you this time <laughs> so we'll, we'll, okay. see. We'll, we'll see all right, go ahead, coach
1: okay, yeah, my, my name is uh, Dermot Russell, i'm based in, in Dublin, Ireland. Um, I'm obviously like a lot of a lot of coaches and uh, people involved in the basketball world. I'm, I first thing got involved in the game as a player and um, started playing basketball seriously when I was kind of 13, 14 years of age. Um, made the national team here under 17 when I was in school boys. Um, and then when I went on and did a year of high school in the States and Connecticut and then two years at JUCO. Okay, so let's stop, there for, to... let's
0: stop there for a second. Hold on, yeah. I'm going to interrupt you for a second. So explain to the people how how the european kind of basketball world works so the way our kids work is you know they stay go to elementary school which is you know i don't know from six to ten and then they do middle school you know as in the teens and then they do high school then it's college and during that time they're playing with their school teams but they're also playing with summer teams how is that similar or different in ireland
1: Well, I I can speak about Ireland uh, definitively as opposed to other countries because it does vary in different countries all around Europe. Um, And obviously that's reflected in the different standards in in each country. Um, For the most part in Ireland, uh, particularly when I was growing up, the the game would have primarily started for kids in secondary school. There was few schools that would have actually had a primary level that's like kind of, I suppose, junior, uh, junior high and lower. Right. Um, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have really existed. And it was only really starting going. And we had a golden age for basketball back in the, I suppose, the 80s and early 90s, um, where the game blossomed here. Um, and that had a major effect on the game in terms of its growth and that. But in terms of the when the kids start, it's typically, and start to take the game fairly seriously, it's typically... Uh, in the school system, it's it's from twelve on, right? And that's somewhat changed in recent years that you know, with the growth of the game, that they're introducing mini basket sk- uh, basketball schemes, and the likes. The federation are are promoting this this green shoots uh, basketball program around the country, which is fantastic to see, which is kind of getting kids from the age of five and six, um, get getting them involved in the game, getting them bouncing balls, and you know, and and getting getting the plane. So we're hoping that, you know, the likes of those types of initiatives will have a, a profound effect on the game, and in particular the level here in years to come. Obviously, we'll see this in five or six years' time when these kids start coming into high school. Right. And we see the start of this. And, and do you, when, when they're younger,
0: when they're younger, do they do they use a smaller ball? Do they lower the hoops? Do they do any of those kind of things? Because it's really hard for a five- or six-year-old to get that ball up to it. I mean, it would be like you and I shooting on a 17-foot hoop. It's crazy. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, typically, to be fair with the kids, I mean, unfortunately, not every gym in the country would be able would have those type of facilities around that you can lower the the baskets in. But they typically the the green shoots programs would would use um you know baskets that range of anywhere, anywhere between six feet to eight feet tall. Okay. Um, for to to cater for their their respective age groups. Okay. And. um you know, I mean, it depends on where you are in the country as well. If there's the funding there to back it up, in terms of you know buying equipment and the coaching and whatnot, and um, how big the actual basketball or the, I suppose the will in the school will be for basketball. So it, it can vary. But at the same time, I suppose where there's, there's a will, there's a way. And in in, in many in many cases, they they would have this, the facilities in place to cater for those little kids. Right. Certainly, so, in the the academy that we run here in Dublin, we have we've got the mini baskets in for the kids. We run a, run, run sessions for kids. Now, this isn't nothing to do with the school, but um, we run sessions just you know a couple of hours a week. And we'll for come back to your, kind of your, we'll come back to your academy. Place.
0: But when do you when do you do your um, when do you do your camp stuff in your academy?
1: Uh, well, actually, we have a camp starting on um, on Tuesday. We've okay. got uh, Dave Stevens flying in from the, the LA, from from LA. He's a previous director of development at the LA Clippers. Yep. And uh, he's coming in. He's going to have a. He's going to be running a coaching seminar here, which is which needs as well in terms of coaches education. Yep. And um, but we have we've basically two weeks of camp here in Dublin, and then we have two weeks of camp in Barcelona, in Spain. Okay. So. For both of those camps, we've got kids flying in from various different locations. We actually have a couple of kids coming into Barcelona from New York. Wow, and um, we've got two coaches coming in from the States, um, and we have that's in Barcelona, and then we've got a bunch of Irish coaches coaching for the second week here in Dublin. So, right, you know, it's a mixed bag of tricks in terms of what we offer from week to week. But right. the idea with it all being is just to give the kids a full month of pre season practice before they get in there, so they're in for four or five hours a day and um, before they go into the season
0: right they're working okay so let's go back to let's go back to your um experience um so you you came to the states to play high school
1: yes i came over for originally i was kind of brought in i suppose for want of a better description as a as a ringer into high school right um you know it was i suppose described as a foreign exchange program but it wasn't exactly a foreign exchange because was no nobody coming back across the atlantic right um <laughs> But, uh, i i came in i suppose i was a six five six six center um and I was brought into the team to just to bolster the team helped them be more competitive it was a uh, i suppose I, from the the u s standard it would have been a lower level in new england um it was a class s school and um we did okay i think we finished in the top four of the league and that it was a fantastic experience for a a seventeen-year-old Irish kid to be going over there and experiencing American culture and the game there. And right. you know, uh, my son is literally just back from a similar type uh, tour. Yeah, you, the said, he, you said he was on a, like an AAU,
0: AAU kind of. What was he doing? I, I remember you talking yeah, about
1: it last time. It's it, um, it wouldn't really be an AAU program. It's more of a. It's like a it's like a club setup set up by a guy called Scott Bryson. He's been doing it for like I think. Well, wow, 39 years now at the stage, something like that. Um, they call themselves the International Colonials or the New England Colonials. Okay. And um, the international program basically consists of 11 players from 11 different countries uh, around Europe. And they go and they play against various different teams and that on the circuit in, in, in around, I think you travel around six states in New England. Yep. And uh, got to experience, and that was over the course of about 30 days. And he got to experience the game there. It was a fantastic cultural experience more than anything else, I think, for him. Um, obviously, the basketball was the, was the excuse for it all to happen. But, you know, he made a lot of new friends and friends he probably had for life. I know I'm still friends with guys that I went on that similar type, type trip on back in '92, right? 1992. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a fantastic opportunity for European kids to do something like that. And credit's got to be given to, you know, Scott Bryson for running such a program.
0: Right, it's a great thing. So we'll we'll come back and talk about your academy in a second. So let's go. Let's keep going on your kind of basketball journey. So it was, you you played here, and then did you go back? What what happened after that? Did you play college here? Can't remember. Yeah,
1: I played um, when I was in high school there in in Connecticut. Um, I was getting scouted. I had a couple of home visits. I was a few D three, D two schools. That type that's the type of level that I was at. Right. Um. Obviously, looking for the full scholarship because I would have came from fairly humble beginnings here in Ireland. There wasn't a whole lot of financial support. Right. For for me, when it was there. Um. So, I didn't manage to get um a full scholarship. Uh. So I ended up going to a local community college up in Norwich, Connecticut. It was called Tree, Tree Rivers Community Technical College. Yeah. And I played a bit of ball there and um, had two years there. I was working towards my associate's degree about I suppose 20 months into it I actually got homesick and <laughs> I, yeah I, missed, I was a mommy's boy I missed my mom's cooking you know so um once, once I uh you know once that sets in I think the only answer is to go home for a kid I mean that's we would have the same philosophy here for the kids in the academy right and basically I, I I had family in Canada I had a card time so literally in the space of it maybe it was impulse but I don't know but I packed up my car with everything I could and I drove to Toronto and um, I kind of worked my way home from there. I worked for my brother who was running a business at the time up there and to get my flight fair back to London. Um, and then basically worked for my sister in, in, who was living in London at the time and to get my flight back to Dublin. So it was kind of it took me about six weeks eventually to get home, but it was like there was a great weight off my shoulders once I decided to go home and right. because I knew I knew I was going to get there, but it wasn't necessarily because of anything that was happening over there. It was just that I missed, I missed Ireland. I mean, I was home two weeks and I wanted to go back. I mean, that's, that's the reality. It, it, and um, it, it's hard. I mean,
0: I, have, I have one of my guys just, you know, he's a New York kid, New York city kid moved here. And then he just, he, he just got a scholarship to to Dartmouth, which is an Ivy league school in upstate New, New Hampshire. Yeah. I can tell by his texts and stuff. He's, He's a little homesick, and it's a little barren up there in the summer. And I think he's over the hump. If you can get the problem with homesickness, if you can get over the hump, it's usually good. But that yeah. the brutal time
1: when you're homesick. We've all been there. Yeah. Well, they say you'll never get homesick twice. It'll only ever happen once. And as you say, if you get over that hump, I mean, you you, you know pretty much through it. Yeah. But at the time, it was easy for me to, to escape from the, the reality that I was in. Um, you know, because I was having to work with stuff late right through college as well, so that was right. tough obviously but um I mean, I was only thinking about this the other day in terms of the kids that you know kids are in the states, and you know we 've got a kid coming into us to do a master 's degree in the academy and he 's basically going he 's originally from miami, but he 's in school out in ohio i mean that 's almost as far away as Ireland is from. The country's so vast there that, you know, right. although you're still in the same country, it could be complete, could be a completely different culture, different weather, different, you know. Oh, people don't um, understand
0: how big the United States is. It's like, it's there's totally different microcultures within the U. I mean, it's crazy. The, the difference between the yeah. West and the East Coast and the West Coast and the South. I mean. It is such a large landmass that it's not, you know, it's not like the European nations where they're, you know, literally like going from Wisconsin, which is Wisconsin to Illinois is like going from, you know, France to Germany kind of thing. It's, you know, yeah, and
1: you know, beyond. <laughs> yeah, and beyond. beyond. It's,
0: yeah, it, it, it's a uh, it's hard for people to realize that. All right. So when you got back to Ireland, then what happened?
1: I got back to Ireland. Um, I literally landed on my feet. I got a really, really good job. I was twenty, twenty years old. Um, I got a job with a, you know, in in sales with a company car, expenses, and nice, nice salary, all sorts of stuff. It was. I got it from one of my old, actually my old high school um, football coach. Who kind of he was the connector, hooked me up there. But you know, it was only supposed to be a temporary thing, and then I was I was due to go back, and that that material that kind of moved into a more permanent position, and. I ended up going back to university here and playing ball in uh, in the national league here. Um, I was playing with a club called Rovers at the time and really enjoyed my time there. It was um, it was certainly a different type of type of uh, type of game because I had originally came from here as a center,
0: so right. I went over to
1: the states, develop my game, and I came back here and I was kind of playing kind of playing more to three four position. Right. So, it was, you know, it certainly developed as a player. I was more athletic when I came back from the States. Um, and certainly more, a, a much better shooter. Right. So, because um, I, I played a lot more ball than I ever would have done if I had stayed here. So, you know, I walked, walked into a, current, a National League team. Um, you know, I think we did reasonably well that season. And then I, I met my wife. Um, i was still pretty young. Yeah, and I started to settle down. and started playing in the regional leagues and started coaching kids. You know, that's where really my real the real kind of coaching career started when I was kind of early in my early twenties. Right, I was coaching in my old high school here and that the into the club level, and I've been coaching various different teams at so different explain levels. Explain the club
0: level for the for the listeners in the US. Explain club level because I don't think people in the US totally get what the club level is is it
1: okay well yeah well, look the club level here is is you know it, it will be obviously it's a different setup um than what we obviously would be in school so the clubs basically unfortunately they they would only have the resource because everybody's got to pay to play right so um they they would train two or three nights a week if they're lucky and have at least one game against other clubs in the in the area and we would have like we've got five levels of league in the men's divisions here. Right in Dublin, I and mean, every, every level you got. Every level you got to pay. Every level you got to okay. pay. Even some of them at the premium level, some of the Irish players would have to pay fees to play in the in the, in the league. Now there is clubs that are lucky enough that they can sort their players out with various different benefits or various um, different kind of. I suppose whether it's a salary or accommodation. Like I, when I was playing right. in the national league, I paid. I got my accommodation paid for. But I, you know, there is there's different deals that can, that can work out and work out quite well for, for players. Um, okay. But right across the board, you know, um, sponsorship, obviously, like anything else, is a big thing and it's hard to come by because the game is a minority sport here. Right. Um, all the money really goes into other, other, other sports like rugby and soccer and the GAA in particular, which is our number one sport in Gaelic football. So we talked yeah. about that. Explain
0: yeah. that. Explain that sport to to everybody. I, I've become a fan since you and I talked. I've watched a bunch of stuff on YouTube with it. It's crazy. It's yeah. It's
1: a uh, it's 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 my other love. Um, Gaelic football would be. You know, it was, would have been my second sport growing up. It would have been my initial sport, actually, and then I, I fell in love with the game of basketball.
0: Right. But
1: it's um, people describe it sometimes as a mixture between uh, a crossover between basketball and and soccer, and maybe a bit of rugby put in there. Right. Um. But it really, the game is so unique in itself and the skill set. There is a lot of crossover skills, particularly from basketball, actually. Um. You know, it like hand movement foot speed you know peripheral vision is it will be a huge one for for basketball players coming into into uh the Gaelic game gala games but it's there is a there is a big crossover but the game itself how can i describe it i mean it's played on a obviously on a football field it's about the, probably the size of a, an american football right. is, it's probably one and a half times as a soccer pitch a full size soccer pitch um the players allowed hand, handle the ball basically and they can solo it, which means that they can they' kick it up back open to their hands for every four steps that they take uh they can dribble it once um in between solos um you know and then they then they can hand pass it, but it has to be with a clenched fist. The game itself is incredibly physical i mean there's no the players don 't wear pattern i mean that's you know there 's no pattern there um i know it 's crazy yeah. i mean.
0: And and the thing is, I think it's, I mean, is it really only played in Ireland?
1: Well, no, it's played all around the world. I mean, there's the game football clubs around uh, all around the world. I mean, there's, there's a huge club in New York. And, and in fact, New York play in our national championship. So does and so do London. Okay. Um, but it's different teams scattered around the place. But typically the, the, the real standard is obviously here in Ireland. Um, and then if you, if you look at, the Australian rules football is is kind of derived from Gaelic football, right? Um, you know, which is kind of a they play with a kind of an oval ball, which looks like a rugby ball. It does look and like a, lot a rugby of the, ball. Yeah, yeah, but it's smaller, easier to catch. Yeah, I've seen but there's that. a lot of crossover between the two games, you know. And when is the season for that? Uh, the season typically would start. Uh, when the guys would start preseason training come January, February depending on how serious the program is or what level they're playing at. And, um, it would run right through to the end of the summer. Um, right. and sometimes if you know, with the weather, it can, it can be driven right beyond into the fall. Okay. So let's
0: talk, let's go back to your, so, so then you, so then let's, we haven't gotten to where you are right now. So let's, let's try to gap between.
1: Okay. Okay. um, I suppose when I came home, when I started having kids, I've got, I've got four kids. And my eldest is 17 now, my, my eldest son. Right. And when I, I was coaching his team, um, which I don't recommend. I don't <laughs> recommend parents coach, coach their kids. <laughs> there, there's uh, a good book.
0: <laughs> I'm coaching my son right now. There's a good book. I'll put it in the show notes. It's something like coaching your sons. It can, it, 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 it's hard. It's hard. Um, yeah. I, have, I have a rule for the people that are listening to this. I have a rule. That went because I coach him in two sports actually in the high school uh I have the rule that once once it used to be once we got home we didn't talk about it unless he brought it up now the rule is once yeah. we get to the car to come home because yeah. <laughs> I used to use yeah, I used yeah. to use the car ride home to do some stuff he, so as soon as I get in that car with him we're dad and it's like if he wants to bring it up we talk about it whatever otherwise there's no discussion and that is that has solved ninety nine point nine percent of all problems. Um, well,
1: I was going to say that could be a very quiet
0: car ride home, eh? <laughs> if it's a bad practice, it is for sure. If it's a bad practice,
1: yeah, yeah. The but right. uh, I, I just, I just found my, my. I've never coached my daughter, who's fifteen, um, and she, she, did she get hurt. Yeah, she did her ACL there. Yeah, uh, almost two years ago now. She's she's making a comeback. She's. We're going to Iceland now with the national team, and okay. she's really starting to see into. It. So you know, push so forward everything. She That's good. Yeah, so we, we we held her up up almost fifteen. Well, it would have been fifteen months before we let her touch a ball again or get back on court because, well, she's high risk, she was so young and she's you know
0: she's right. a girl.
1: Um, yeah, those wider um, hips. You know, it's hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but look, I mean, I you know. Hopefully, you know she 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 will she remain healthy and she can make that final to cut to go to the Europeans next year. Right. Um. But just getting back to coaching my my son, as I say, I found that he really started to blossom when I stopped coaching him. I know whether that's a reflection on my coaching ability or the fact that I'm his dad, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's debatable. <laughs> but um, he's he was he's a late bloomer anyway, you know. But right. getting back to the, I suppose the, well, we, the point I was trying to make is when I started when I started coaching him at five, six years of age, you know, after a couple of years, I just didn't feel like I was having enough impact in the area that I was living in to be able to present. I wanted to be able to present opportunities for these kids, like like I had. Right. So when they were almost, I suppose, under eleven, so was seven years ago now, um, I. Decided to look at other ways I could do this. And the way that I thought was best was to register as a or to get my FIBA, FIBA license right. as, a, as an agent to try and recruit players and send them on to bigger and better opportunities. So the way I and started. How hard that was, it, I started
0: how, hold on one second. How hard is it to get yeah. that license? Because I know nothing about that.
1: Um. Well, you got to. I mean, you got to sit an exam, so you got to study for the exam, and okay. then you got to have the money to invest in it too. So, okay, you know, it's it, it's a timely process, and just again, it's like anything, just putting the work in, and you know, being able to have the the, the backing to do it. So, so there's, a fee, um, there's a
0: fee. There's a fee. There's a fee a test. Is basically what it comes down to.
1: It's being a test, and then to to remain, remain certified, there's an annual fee. Okay. You know. Okay. Which. Um, I suppose it, for me it's worth having um, because it allows me to trade players internationally. Right. Um, you know, so I, because of where I am here, I wouldn't have traded. It took me a while to get established as an agent in Europe. Right. But essentially, um, I would have started basically recruiting players, young players, to go on um, and go on to different academy opportunities. Okay. In the UK, mostly, um, then to Italy, Spain. I look. I went and explored the academy structure in Canada, and also I've placed a couple of players in the states as well. So I mean, it's 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 going um, it's 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 going in the right direction. And I in in the process of, process of all of that, I have I suppose I've, I've learned the intricacies of how and what makes an academy tick. Right. Um, and I've always felt from the time I was 18 years of age, from the time I I went to with a high school team here in Dublin to Moscow. And I stayed in Trenta. It was a, it's, it's the national team, it's the Russian national team's um, training academy, and saw what the setup that they had there. Um, the idea of setting up an academy kind of was originated from that, and I didn't know it at the time when I started recruiting for them, but I was building up a knowledge that is really priceless in terms of what is making these these organizations tick and what right. works and what doesn't and I decided four years ago to set up here in Dublin um, and try to take the best of all the academies that I've recruited for and place it here in Dublin. So, and that's where so we're at. We so what do you think the key,
0: what, what is the key? I mean, I think this would relate to anybody that's listening to this. So what's the key to your cat? I mean, what's the key to running a good academy? It's no so different than running a good program, I don't think. I mean, what what, what, is, what are the keys? What do you look for?
1: Um... Well, we look for players that we can work with. I mean, we, when I, I suppose when when I'm recruiting players, I don't just look at their 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 actual playing ability or where they're at now. I look at where they could be in a few years' time. But I also right. look. At, we also interview the players. But in terms of making it work, um, on the ground day to day, I can only put it down. The most important aspect of making the academy work as a whole is the players' welfare and happiness. Right. Um, because we have happy players, you know, the system is working. And, right. and they'll we, recruit for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Look, I mean, we're going now from 15 players net last year to 30 plus players next year. Um, you know, I mean, it's, we've, we scaled it back last year. We had 21 the year before. But we scaled it back last year because we moved into a new campus facility and we wanted to basically manage things better. Right. Plus um, the difficulties with some visas and stuff, and that took up a lot of time too. So, for, for non EU players. Right. But you know, next this year going forward, the the, the academy has gone, uh, is gone to another level, both in terms of numbers, but also in, in terms of the standard of players uh, that we have coming in. I mean, we've got players coming from I think six or seven different countries now at this stage, and we very much we have actually just hired an American coach to coach at the academy. Uh, he's coming out of uh, Western Kentucky, okay. um, or I think it's Western. Is it, is it Western Kentucky? Yeah, there's um, Western Kentucky. Yeah, he's, he was originally from Western Virginia. He coached at Huntington Prep, and he was originally, last year he was with uh, Wesley Christian Academy, which I think is ranked number 14 in the nation there. Okay. So, you know, he's helped a lot of kids as well develop placed him in, in various different scholarship opportunities. And like, I'm hoping that he'll be able to do the same here. I'm very confident that he will, you know, so he's very excited to come and have the new experience to come over here and coach. He's young, he's ambitious. And, and so uh, why, why, why well, are they,
0: are they coming to your Academy to go play professionally? Are they coming to go to your Academy to get a division one basketball scholarship in the U S what is the, what is the end? What's the end goal for a lot of the players that come?
1: Okay well there's a number of different
0: objects. Hello everyone. I hope you're really enjoying um, our discussion with coach. I know how much I, I know how much how I I've, I've enjoyed it. If if I could ask you a favor and go over and check out teachus.com for coaches who want to get better. I think if you're listening to this website first of all you love or this podcast. I'm sure you love basketball. I'm sure somehow you're related to it. I'm sure you know of somebody that loves basketball and coaches it. I can't imagine a better resource than teachhoops.com. You know, we're in the process right now of working on our site. Um, We're going to be upgrading it, and we're probably going to be increasing the prices. So if you're thinking about getting in, obviously basketball season is right around the corner. Leaves are starting to change. Um, I would ask that you go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Um, 14 day free trial. If you don't like it after the 14 days, well, there's n- nothing will come off your credit card. You will be good to go. And, um, you know, it's, it's just a great resource. I can't, I can't imagine something I, I would have wanted it as a young coach or any, as, and I would have loved it as an older coach. I just think it's a great resource and I
1: think you should go check it
0: out. com for coaches who want to get better. Let's go back to the interview. Here we go.
1: There's a number of different objectives for depends okay. on the player. Really? Okay. Okay, but if I could start from the younger guys that are coming into our, what is known as a transition year program. So these these are like 14, 15, 16-year-old kids. Okay. They're all coming from non-English-speaking European countries. Okay, non-English-speaking. Okay. They'll, yeah, they'll come for a minimum of one year um, to learn English first and to be able to do yeah. well, doing what they love, and that's play basketball. And so that's they take a, plus a year. For you. Out of that's school.
0: probably a plus for you to be able to teach them English.
1: <laughs> well yeah I mean we teach English classes and I have fully fully accredited English program in in the Academy right so the idea would be is that they're going home with a certification and fluent in English after spending a, a whole academic year with us right Um. you know so that's that's the, the younger guy so I mean there that puts them in at a massive advantage with the kids around uh, but that would have, would have not went away you know right. back in their home country right in some case have, they have stayed on for the senior cycle of their high school program, so the last two years. Right. Okay, so the kids would have stayed on, they did the first year of English, they got the English up to a level that allowed them to basically study in English because conversational English and, and studying English is completely different, right? Right. And so, they come in and then they study their A-levels, and they'll do their A-levels then, which is enough, will get them enough credit to get into university anywhere in the world. It's the, one of the most, it's that and the baccalaureate are the two most Recognized high school programs in 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 the world. Oh yeah, back. So I, taught a, I taught in a. I taught in a. I taught in a baccalaureate
0: high school. I think that's the real deal. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, no, no worries. So we we, we well, we have the full secondary school program as well. So we can take kids in as low as late eight. So we have the junior cycle and the senior cycle. But today we've only had a few kids in for the junior cycle, and right. now they're going into transit year. Like my okay. daughter's in the junior cycle, for example. So she's okay. doing her GCSC. Anyway, then we have a bunch of kids in the senior cycle, which is the A-level program. That after the A-level program, we have what's like a prep school program. So that's essentially prepping kids. We'll have about 10 kids coming into that program next year um, with a view to it maybe going on and competing for university scholarships Okay. Um, in the state. That's States. after they've graduated from high school. Yes. So they would have already graduated high school coming to us. Okay. Um, they're coming to us that like we've one guy that's been already being offered an ACB contract in Spain um you know he's he's basically coming in to polish his English off with a view okay. to going on to the states um i'll throw my hat at it if i can't get this kid a scholarship to the states next year right i mean this kid is a, is a bollock i mean he's a, at least a mid major player i mean he's he's success story waiting for us to ha- happen basically right but the idea then is that we've got a, we've got a a bunch of kids that are at that level that can compete for scholarships in the States. Okay. If they don't get the scholarship in the States, we've got plan B to go to a sc- universities in, in Europe, either the UK or in Spain or in Dublin here. So there's okay. always a plan B and plan C for these kids. And the, the objective would be is to try and push them through into education first before they even consider basketball, professional basketball. Right. Now, what we have after that is we've got a we can offer kids as well, Bachelor and master's degrees as well. So we would take in basically kids into the bachelor, the bachelor's program, and they will, in, in addition to training and playing in the academy, they'll play in uh, uh, one of our par- our partner university here in Dublin, which is the third biggest university in Ireland. Okay. And it's highly recognised internationally. Um, and then they would go on to professional basketball afterwards, or they would go on to into their master's degree program. Okay. So we have the master's degree program after that, and that is the that's the real training ground for for American kids. For example, if if a kid went to college in the states, right, uh, did four years and played Division three or Division two, um, and is able to come back to over here and play in 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 the Irish Premier League, he'll get the his first step on the, the ladder of semi professional basketball in our top league, and he'll get his master's degree and he'll get the opportunity to train like a professional basketball player in the academy. Right. So that's to, to, I suppose, to polish the the player off to, with a view to maybe sending them on, and then my agency then would be not you know basically looking to place these these players into different professional clubs at various different levels in Europe. So it's quite diverse, and it's probably right. one of the, if not the most diverse program in terms of academies that exist for international students in Europe. I don't know of one that's that, that's. So basically, to basically to it's, anybody.
0: It. it's anybody because you can put them Basic If they're good enough, it's basically everybody because every level has a different fork in the road, basically. Um.
1: That's exactly what yeah. I wanted to create. I wanted, we had to create an option for every kid that wants one, that if he, he's, every kid's got a dream, yep. you know? So, and we, we want to be able to provide, provide a basketball solution, a basketball related solution that, you know, that's a, available there, you know, and what's the and cost? What's, mean, the cost? what's the cost? Uh, well, the basic cost for and you know for a player coming into the high school program will be nine and a half thousand euro per year. Okay. And um, right up to thirty thousand euro a year. Twenty nine and a half thousand euro for a master's program. The master's obviously, degree. the big value of the, the master's degree. Right. So, I mean, it's pretty competitive compared to what a master's degree in the USA is going to is going to uh, you know cost my understanding that it's, it can be two three four times more expensive than that
0: right yeah i think i mean i don't know the yes. conversion from a euro to a yeah <laughs> but I, yeah, i'm guessing great. um all right so let's let's do some let's do some basketball questions um okay. uh let's see i want oh, okay, so- to i want to
1: change okay i'll
0: be interested to see how these fare up compared to my
1: my yeah, last I'm, answers. I'm going
0: to tweak them a little bit too. So let's talk about practice planning because that's kind of been one of my things this summer I've been kind of playing with. So when you, you run practices, obviously. How, what What's the key when you do a practice plan or, or, you know, it's like for me, for, I'm, a, I'm a teacher too. It's a lesson plan. So what what goes into your practice plan basically is
1: what I'm asking. What goes into a practice plan? I, I Again, it depends on the level of the kids that I would, I'll be coaching, but for the most part, I'll be trying to focus on the fundamentals of the game as much as possible. Because unfortunately, I think a lot of coaches, a lot of you know, people overlook just to focus on you know trying to have something different all the time. You know, if I, I would prefer to to continue to do a drill until the kids have it mastered, right. um, as opposed to being diverse and having a different drill every ten minutes. You know, yeah. Um, you no, know, without without obviously there's a fine balance there in terms of monotony. You know, I mean, right. <laughs> uh, you don't want to be playing either. So at the same time, you gotta you gotta draw the line. Um, I would have a lot of false court stuff in there as well. Um, so you know, there's definitely definitely a, try and mix it up as much as possible, but ensure that you're giving the kids enough time to focus on what they need to to develop the fundamentals of the game. Yeah, and
0: I've said this, I've said this a thousand times. I think it's like a line with a slope and that when they're younger, it should be a lot of fundamentals. And then that line kind of slopes downward where if you're dealing with a 20 year old, you're probably not working on, you know, left-handed layups kind of thing. So I think it, yeah. it, 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 decre- it again, reading your team a little bit, but that's kind of where I've landed after the summer of playing with it, thinking about my youth program and, you know, where what is a you know what is a third grader you know What does a nine year old need in comparison to a seventeen year old? Um, you know, obviously there can be some. Mm-hmm. They're, they're all working on the same things, but maybe less at the at the younger ages. Um, yeah, I mean, playing
1: and I, I think the enjoyment factor obviously has to be included in there as well because obviously right. a nine year old is going to have more enjoyment doing one thing that a seventeen year old won't. You know. So you need to. I think we need to factor that in as well, because at the end of the day, the, for the most part, the game here in Ireland is is, is mostly rec- recreational. Um, you know, there's only yeah. a very very small percentage that would even see themselves as going up. You know, as as basketball as being a way to into professionalism. Right. right. So outside of the academy, you know, if it's a, if it's a local club here and they're coaching a club level, it's the fun aspect has to be because. Right particularly if you're dealing with younger kids, because the, the primary, you know, the priority is always got to be to bring that kid back to the basketball court.
0: Right. So, yes, I always tell coaches, you don't want to be this kid's last coach. <laughs> um, yes, that's a <laughs> you quite, good point. You yeah. don't want to be their last coach. You want to be one on their journey. If you're their last coach, especially if you're dealing with a seven year old, you did something wrong. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Because you want to make it fun. You're right. And, and, and especially for you, I mean, it, in in the states, it's not as big a deal because there's a lot of obviously cr- credibility with being a basketball player, and people want to play basketball. Um, but you're competing against soccer, and you're competing against you know lots of different things that, that that are taking them away from playing basketball. Is my guess.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, like if you look at the, the I suppose the hierarchy of sports here, we have got kind of Gaelic games, which is right. Gaelic football and hockey. It's yeah. two different sports. There. Then we have, you know, rugby or soccer. I'm not sure what's there. And then in, teams, in terms of team sport, basketball is somewhere there in the in the distant fourth or fifth. So it's, you know, there's a lot of competition, as you say. Um, I've said it time and time again over here. We we have we do have the athletes here. We've proved it in other sports. We just the infrastructure is, is needs to be developed. You know, um, in terms of being able to give the kids the opportunities, and that's one of the things that we're trying to do in the academy here is, is be able to present the opportunity for a kid to train like a professional player. Right. And with a view to going on to a higher level of the game to realize their full athletic potential as as such. So I suppose that's that that's it, you know, that's where it's at. So what would you what would and I know we did this one last time.
0: What what would you tell yourself as a younger coach? You know, if you could go back in a time machine and sit yourself when you're twenty five and what would you tell yourself that you would do? What would you say What would
1: I tell myself? That it wasn't about me.
0: <laughs> Amen. So
1: you know, um yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. A, wasn't about the you know standing on the sideline of a basketball court. It wasn't about me being there. It was about what I could provide for the kids. You know, and that was that. that I've, I suppose I've learned that over the years. I'm not, and we, I think we all, if you're not on a constant learning curve as a coach, I think you may retire. You know. Yeah. Um, and I've been, I'm learning all the time. Right. You know, and particularly now, when our, where we've had so many quality coaches on the ground here, I've, I've had the, I've been blessed to be in, to be able to travel so much in the with using basketball as a means to travel, experience so many different styles of basketball, so many different experience, no, different types of coaching, different coaches, different personalities, which is huge, right. obviously. You know, and learning for me what is right and what's wrong. You know. Right. And the underlying factor in all of that is is that it's not it's not about the coach's ego it's about what you know what you can do for those kids
0: right I tell people I mean I told my wife this the other day I just I'm coming up on my 30th year teaching and I I just told her I said I think I'm just starting to hit my stride (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm feeling like all right I got I got this you know I feel like this is good I mean I've had more aha moments I always call them aha moments in my teaching and coaching in the last five years than I did in the first 25, it's like, Oh, this was a good day. I got across to them. You know, it's no different in my, in my math classroom than it is when I'm coaching basketball. It's the same thing. Um, Yeah. 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 yeah, It's teaching. You're just teaching. Um, What, who, uh, I don't remember what you answered on this one. If you could talk to one coach for an hour, who would it be and why?
1: I don't remember your answer to that one. For, right off the cuff like Phil Jackson's come to mind I mean that's because oh, yeah. he is who he is yep um, so I'd probably go back and say if, you know before my era would have been John Wooden you know Right. but it, you know because of the, the the bright lights and all that probably Phil Jackson I'd love to sit beside Phil Jackson and pick his mind about various different things And but John Wooden in terms of his wisdom and you know the methodology the pyramid of success and be able to Absolutely, I mean, right. A, a mix between the two. You want me to choose one? I'd probably say John Wooden.
0: Yeah, and the thing is, what I don't, what what people don't really realize, and I've and I've coached my my one of my players just Vander Blue just got a just got his contract for he's twenty five just got his first contract for the Lakers. It's like what people don't realize is, especially those guys, they go, oh, they have so much talent, blah blah blah. It is it is hard sometimes to coach talent. <laughs> it,
1: yeah, I mean. It be manage are difficult to manage all those egos right i mean and, and keep them happy which is you know going back to what i said earlier on about it's about keeping players happy and right and keep you, them. you gotta keep those superstars happy right
0: and then and That's then and, yeah, and then getting them on the same page and being able to to you know teach the things that you want to make them a, make not only them a better player but make the entire team a better player um yeah it, it's it's Nobody's going to have any sympathy for me. But anyway, uh, it, all right. If you could change one thing about
1: basketball, what would you change? What would I change? Um, that's a good question. How do you change something that you that you love so much? Why do you love it? I mean, because you you think it's perfect, right? Right. <laughs> it's like, you wouldn't change anything. What would I, change? I don't think I'd change anything. What would I change? I'd, um. I think the courts I think the, the court's
0: too small. I think the court's too small. That's my. That's my big. Thing. I think the bodies are okay, well, so can, big.
1: Um, if you came to Ireland, you'd see you'd see some small courts. So <laughs> yeah. you would definitely be hoping to change the courts. And some of the gyms here, right? Because um, they're not always up to regulation, right? Um, what would I change? I try and change in a way. And I don't know what the answer to this is, but to try and make the game faster than it actually is, you know? Yeah. Um, which is would be a challenge for anybody to, because it is, you know, if it's played right, it can be very, very, very fast. Right. But to try and make it quicker, maybe, maybe introduce a shot clock with a lower, because obviously we have the shot clock here. I know you don't have it in some states over there. Yeah. We're it was, getting
0: it in our state in 2020. So we're getting in. Yeah. It's it's kind of up in the air about how
1: yeah. people feel about it, but yeah. It definitely, does. I definitely think that's that's one way to do uh, it. Is it twenty four you know, in well. the
0: international game?
1: Yeah, yeah, it it's twenty four. Yeah. That's pretty fast. And um <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, Daniel, my son came back and he said, like, we had an offense that was like two minutes long. It was like, <laughs> it was like what? Why? And he these are these are eleven European kids and they're passing the ball around like you know a game of donkey and it's like. Right. You know, the objective is to put the ball in the net. Why are you waiting two minutes to do it?
0: <laughs> you don't need to do that. I
1: mean, yes. I'm going into a soccer game.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Don't get me started on soccer. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I just. I just. Yeah. Anyway. Um. All right. So let's let's go do our rapid fire because I know it's Sunday night for you. It's only Sunday morning for me. Um. Do.
1: Uh, oh. Right. I what, go ahead. I'm just saying like I'm, I'm 16 hours a day, every day. Like I I was in the airport picking up a girl in from Spain to try out with a premier league program over here for one of our master's degree scholarships. I mean, so, and that's not till 7:30 tonight. So no. I'll be on court till, till 9. PM tonight. I know. know I'm going so, on
0: vacation. Um, it was funny cause I was talking to my boss and, uh, you know, I basically school got out and it's been, you know, seven weeks since school got out and I've been at school every day, basically. So I told my, I'm leaving town. The only way I'm not at work or doing this is I have to literally physically leave town. Um, so I'm doing a couple days. It'll be good. All right. What's your favorite basketball, favorite basketball? I'd say the current molten basketball. Yeah. You told me that. And that's the one with the, the lines, right?
1: Uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's, I find it, you know, it's very easy to. It's very soft on the hands. Um, you know, we have we've got a kid coming in from D three in the states, and you know, he was saying I was saying what what he was saying what's the best thing I could do to try and get ready to come over here? And I says go buy yourself a molten basketball because it's gonna be very different. Yeah. To I think you use a or Wilson or something. I don't know. It was like Wilson well, make We got like we got like yeah.
0: seven of them that are consistently Baden, Rock. I mean there's like seven of them that you see. It's there's no uniform basketball. That's why I always ask that question. Um one word to describe your
1: ideal player. Um athletic, obviously. I think one word would be athletic.
0: Athletic. Did I say that last time? I know I don't remember what, I think you said something about hustle last time. I, I like, you know, you know, it's funny because I've had guys go through the NBA thing. They don't, and, and they obviously test a lot of athleticism. They check, mm-hmm. they don't check height anymore. They check wingspan because they're, yeah. they're really worried about how you're, obviously they're checking lateral quickness too, but they're checking, you know, I had a kid that played for me, played for the Badgers, went over in Europe and played for about seven years. He's about six eight, but he had a wingspan of like someone that's seven three. That's what made him so good. I mean, he was a great player. Um, but they're always looking at it. It's funny what the scouts are looking at too. Um, or right, if you go to one sporting event, what one sporting event, what would it be?
1: Well, it'd have to be the NBA finals.
0: NBA Finals. You did say that last time, I do remember that. Um, can anybody <laughs> beat the Cavaliers next year?
1: Can anybody beat the Cavaliers? Um, I think it's going to be tough. I do too. <laughs> the trades that are going on. I,
0: I'm surprised the NBA's let that happen because they have the power to stop trades and stuff and, and movements. It's like, I don't know. I grew up in the 80s when it was late, It was Magic versus Bird. And when there's a rivalry, it's so much better than when one team just dominates. I think it's better for the yeah. than When there's a rivalry. It is,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what's your free, favorite pregame meal?
1: I was always pasta.
0: Yeah, you did Claire, say that
1: last time. Though, Yeah, it was like, not just pasta, spaghetti bolognese. It's got to be, my mom made this awesome spaghetti bolognese when I was growing up. And to date, it's probably my favorite meal. And it's got to be, it's got to be that, you know.
0: <laughs> I remember, I'll tell you a story. I remember I, my after my first summer teaching my brother and i got backpacks got a year rail pass went to europe and spent eight weeks just hustling around and it was funny we were in some italian town this was this would have been 90 i think it would have been 90 anyway and um we were looking for some place to eat we could not find any place to eat we found this little mom and pop place best pasta i've ever had but basically they literally came out and threw it on our table and went away because the world cup was on it was hilarious and it was in italy I
1: think.
0: it was like you were just you were stove them yeah, it was like, don't distract us. We have other things. I think Italy was playing too. It's like we so we always we, we worked around staying out of towns where the World Cup was because it was like pretty crazy.
1: Um already been the year that they won the World Cup but Ireland beat them in the first game. I have to get that in there, man. No, well, they did. <laughs> I think they won one deal or something like that, yeah. <laughs> um w- uh
0: what's one thing you do to relax? Meditate. You told me that. You know, I've started to I've started to um I, I, I'm big into walking my dog and stuff because that's kind of my time, but I I got to look into yoga and meditation because I think that would be... This is one way I relax, too, to be honest with you. I do this. I talk hoops. Cause this isn't yeah. stressful. It's fun. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's interesting. You're the first yeah, one to say that. Walking the dog
1: will be, will, be, um, will, be, will be something else that I do. Like we've, you know, when I get, you know, it's again, when I... I, I have to be in a relaxed state to go and do that nearly, you know, because I right. can't, when I'm, when I'm like, I'm not, cause otherwise I'm, I'm too focused on the dog running away or whatever it's going to yeah. be. And it's like, that, but I need to be just completely relaxed. Okay. Let's take it with alcohol. And I think you it's know? important. I took
0: my son fishing in Canada. I don't know, three or four years ago, as long as I went without talking to my wife, we were literally off the grid and it was like a detox almost when we went off the grid. And that's why the walk is almost that way for me. It's like, We're so connected now in this world that we need to, you know, reconnect with nature, get away from the electronics.
1: Um, Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's so important.
1: The phone, like you you mentioned there, the only way you can can get a holiday is to leave town. I mean, the only way I can get a holiday, like I went on a holiday with my partner to to Spain for two weeks. And I I worked every day because my phone is on, you know what I mean? I could be anywhere and I'm working. I need to go with my phone. Yeah. That's my think, getting out of town. I think
0: you're right. It's, it's a sliding scale. Like, I'm not going to be at work. I'm not going to physically be at work. But, yes, my phone will be – I'll be doing phone stuff the next couple of weeks. Um, What's the best player you have seen in person? Best player you have seen in person? <sighs> That's a
1: telephone. Best player I've seen in, in Best player I've seen in person. Does that include going to NBA games? Yep, yep. It's it's LeBron. I saw him in Toronto. Oh yeah. Saw for Miami. Yeah, I stood right beside the guy. He's freak, I don't isn't believe he? He's six, I, I don't believe he's six eight, by the way. Or Dwayne Wade being six Because I'm I'm an honest six six six, and you know he was smaller. He, Dwayne Wade is smaller than me. Um, but anyway, I'm. My answer your question in short. It's it's LeBron. It's LeBron.
0: How tall do you so, think LeBron
1: is? He, he's probably six six. He's probably the same height as me. But I mean, the guy is a beast. I mean, he's athletically just phenomenal. Like he's not uh, normal.
0: Yeah, he's not normal.
1: Yeah, he he yeah, does. he's crazy. Yeah, I'm so so much admiration for the guy. I mean, even the way he handles the you know all the negative press that he gets. Um, he just gets on with it, you know. And He's never really he – he really
0: he's never really – he's not a bad boy. He's never really in that, you know, him and Steph Curry, they really stay out of the fray. It's crazy. You never hear of that. Yeah. yeah. Good agents. I, I don't know
1: whether they, they get training for for that in terms of how to handle all of that sort of stuff. I'm sure they get some advice. But I think, you know, for me on the outskirts looking in, I just he seems like the – I don't want to say the perfect gentleman, but he's, he's really um, – he really represents very, very well. He represents himself very, very well. Yes,
0: yeah, someone did a very good mm-hmm. job with him as, as, yeah. when he was being raised. Uh, um, best player of all time? Well, MJ. Yeah. He's, Sorry, LeBron. He, he's winning. <laughs> uh, uh, one thing that helped you become a better coach?
1: The age, maturity.
0: I agree. <laughs> I agree. It's like I I grew up in the Bobby Knight era, so it was like everyone wanted to be Bobby Knight. It's like, oh my God, I'm yeah, so not Bobby Knight. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so not Bobby Knight. Um, best game you have seen in person?
1: Best game I've seen in person probably um, was a game I coached back in well, I think it was a under eleven tournament. It was that team that coached my son's team, and they went um it was just neck neck and neck all the way it was with a, a team from a rival city here in ireland and uh although standard wasn't wasn't fantastic but it was just a, it was just the competitiveness of the game and the spirit of the kids for me was the was something that really you know stood yep. out in my memory. I didn't say that last time
0: and, and 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 sometimes people go a game that a college game or a professional game mine is one i coached into it's it's i think it's that's a unique answer i like that question um what one, one word, one word to describe your coaching style? Oof, defensive. Okay, um, top bench player did, of did all time. Say that last time. No, <laughs> you didn't say that last time. That's okay. Top, what, top defensive player like of all time.
1: The top Dennis Robin.
0: And what about the best bench player of all time? Um,
1: I don't know. Best play, best player. Probably I don't know, he wasn't always a bench player, but Tony Kukoc.
0: Ooh, he'd be good. Yeah. I think it depends on the career, too. There's some guys who just have made a career of that. What's one book you'd recommend to a coach listening to
1: this? Um, the Monkey Soul Ferrari. Okay. It's a book by Robin Starmer. Uh It's a very good read. And
0: what is that about? It's
1: not about, it's, not, it's not about basketball. It's more about life. Okay. But I think there's a lot of crossover there in it. Okay. Uh, I mean, like, I. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I'm, I'm obsessed with the game, I really almost relate everything to to the game. So. Oh, yeah.
0: So uh, what I'm going to do, and, and maybe people listening, they might know a player, they might be a player, blah, 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 your academy. So what I'm going to have you do, Coach, is you're going you're gonna to email me. I don't know if you did last time, but I'm going to have you do it again. I'm going to have you email all your contact stuff, all the stuff about your academy, um, and I'll send you okay. email to remind you of this. And then I'll also ask for that book because um, I tried to write it down, but it was too fast. Um, and then all okay. that stuff will be in the show notes for, so, when people, um, so when people come, uh, they'll be able to find that. And I appreciate you doing this. Okay. I'm so sorry, we had to do this twice.
1: Um, not at all. Look, I understand. Sometimes I I have the same difficulties with technology. It's not it, always as reliable it, as we. It do. Doesn't always work the way you want. And and uh, the Collins family is talking
0: about possibly going to Ireland slash London next year. If we do, we're definitely going. You and I are going to definitely meet. We'll have we'll have drinks or a dinner or something. If
1: that if that we'll, happens, we'll sure. have we'll have a, a nice cold point of Guinness in in. Okay. A downtown bar somewhere. <laughs> okay,
0: I, i'm not a I'm not a Guinness drinker, but I will uh, I will I will have one with you. I will definitely do that.
1: Um, You'll you be but the time you leave Ireland. Don't worry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they uh, and so will your wife. <laughs> Yes. They uh, there's some statistical stuff I talk about the Guinness Brewery. There's something called the T distribution. I'm a stats teacher, and it was actually started. The Guinness Brewery does small sample, whatever. You don't care about the math, but there's a. It basically started in. That brewery. It was an interesting as a, a, a huge statistical analysis thing started there. So um, the kids always find that fun because I'm talking about beer. But anyway, um, okay, okay. <laughs> thanks for thanks well, for thanks for doing this, coach. No problem. Thank you. No trouble, coach. I appreciate
1: it. Okay, yep, take bye. care. Cheers.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, just a couple of reminders: all coaches' contact stuff information is down below. Make sure you you reach out to him, if, especially if you're listen to us in 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 europe or something like that or you're thinking about going overseas and playing or you're looking to develop your game definitely all his contact stuff is below in the show notes remember i did put the practice planning stuff that free giveaway down below um something i use to kind of map out the entire season as far as practice planning make sure you check that out Um, that link is down below too and next week is our 100th episode and like I told you before next week we are going to be giving away a, a free six month subscription teachhoops.com, dot com for coaches who want to get better so make sure you go check it out make sure you listen next week um, it's going to be a limited time as far as that, that giveaway um, somebody who's going to be randomly chosen and that'll be a that'll be my gift to all the listeners out in in you know, in the entire country, entire world, basically. I think we have uh, listeners just about everywhere. So, um, I hope you enjoy that and, uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.